Welcome to The Word Encounter, episode 164, where we will continue our journey into the book of Daniel. Uh, We left off at chapter 6 yesterday, so let's pick it up with chapter 7. And the title says, Daniel's Vision of the Four Beasts. Uh, First one, in the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream with visions in his mind as he was lying in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and here's a summary of his account. Daniel said, In my vision at night I was watching, and suddenly the four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea. Four huge beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion, but had, an e- but had eagle's wings. Suddenly another beast appeared, a second one that looked like a bear. It was uh, raised up on one side with three ribs in his mouth between his teeth. Now, uh, Daniel's vision here is similar to Nebuchadnezzar's in its implications. Nebuchadnezzar was had the golden head statue and, and whatnot. And so we see here that the Holy Spirit is delivering the same vision, if you will, uh, the same vision of the future uh, to two different people. And um, the first vision was like a lion that had eagle's wings. That's in reference to Babylon. Then we go on, and then the second one... Um, the second one looked like a beard, uh, looked like a bear. Excuse me, had three ribs in his mouth. That's a re- uh, reference to the Medo Persian Empire, and the three ri- uh, three ribs are in reference to Egypt, uh, Assyria, and Babylon, as the as the Medo Persian Empire would gobble them up as they descend from the north. It says in verse six. <clears throat> After this, while I was watching, suddenly another beast appeared. It was like a leopard with four rings of a bird on its back and had four heads, and it was, um, and it was given dominion. So this is in reference to the Grecian uh, uh, Empire under uh, Alexander the Great. And so Alexander the Great came down and defeated the Medo Persians, and he was top dog in the region. But after Alexander died, uh, that empire split up into four different kingdoms. And so we see here that, so the leopard is in reference to the speed at which Alexander came down and took over, um, and the four wings, uh, excuse me, uh, with four wings of a bird on its back. So again, that's referencing the speed. Then it had four heads, each was given dominion. So those four heads are in reference to the four kingdoms that uh, arose from Greek after Alexander died. Then it says in uh, verse 7, after this, while I was watching uh, in the night vision, suddenly a fourth beast appeared. Now, this is in reference to Rome. It says, uh, frightening and dreadful and incredibly strong with large iron teeth. It was different from all the other beasts before it, and it had 10 horns. Now, <clears throat> as we go through this, this is going to have some parallel meaning, and this is why Daniel can get a little bit confusing, in my opinion, because sometimes it's referring to uh, things that are in the immediate future of that time, and other times it's referring to things in the future, in our future, you know, in the times of tribulation that is yet to come. And, so, and it may have a, a, a parallel meaning as far as applying to both. And so... Um, so it says it was different than all the other beasts before it had 10 horns. Okay. And so in verse eight, it says, while I was considering the horns, suddenly another horn, a little horn came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. And suddenly in this horn, there were eyes like the eyes of a human and a mouth that was speaking arrogantly. Now there was a king, a, uh, a king in that time, a Grecian t- a king that had arisen uh, but this is also, I believe, applying to somebody or something else. 
The next section says the ancient days and the son of man. As I was watching, verse 9, as I kept watching, thrones uh, were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. The ancient of days referring to God. His clothing was like, um, his clothing was white like snow and the hair on his head like whitest wool. His throne was flaming fire. Its wheels were blazing fire. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from his presence. Thousands upon thousands served him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The court was convened and the books were opened. Just drop down here to verse 13. As I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. This is referring to Jesus. In verse 14, he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion was, was an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Hallelujah. The next section says interpretation of the vision. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was deeply distressed within me and the visions in my mind terrified me. I approached one of those who were standing by me or who were standing by and asked him to clarify all this. Now, this is interesting because remember, Daniel was the one that Nebuchadnezzar and then future kings went to to interpret their dreams. And Daniel could always interpret them. But here, Daniel seems a little bit confused. He doesn't know what's going on. So he's asking somebody else to interpret the dream for him or the vision, I should say, for him. And it says, um, I approached one of those things. So he let me know the interpretation of these things. Verse 17, these huge beasts, four in, um, these huge beasts, four in number, are four kings who will rise from the earth. And so these beasts that Daniel was referring to in his vision are representatives of four kings that were, of four kingdoms that will rise from the earth that I already described. Then it says in verse 18, but the holy ones of the Most High will receive the kingdom and possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Verse 19, then I wanted to be clear about the fourth beast, the one different from all the others, extremely terrifying with iron teeth and bronze claws, devouring, crushing, and, and trampling with its feet whatever was left. So the fourth beast was a menace. And in verse 20, it says, I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up from which uh, three fell, from which three fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke arrogantly and, I, and looked bigger than the others. And so Daniel is saying, okay, yeah, now these are, this is what I really want to understand because I don't get what these things mean. Verse 21, as I was watching, this horn waged war against the holy ones and was prevailing over them. In other words, the smaller horn, the one that had the eyes and the mouth that spoke arrogantly, was waging war against the holy ones and was prevailing. Verse 22 says, until the Ancient of Days arrived and a judgment was given in favor of the holy ones, the Most High, for the time had come and the holy ones took possession of the kingdom. So we see here that the um, that one of the horns with the eyes and the one that spoke arrogantly was prevailing prevailing against the righteous. 
So there was some kind of war going on, and this horn was prevailing until God showed up and rendered judgment in favor of the righteous. And then everything turned around, and the righteous um, took possession of the kingdom. So they wrestled it away from the horn with the eyes and the arrogant speaking. In verse 24, it says, The ten horns are ten kings who will rise from this kingdom. Another king, different from the previous ones, will rise after them and subdue three kings. Now, this is referring to the times, to tribulation times. See, this hasn't occurred yet. This is in the future. This is in our future. I don't know how far out. Then it says in verse 25, it says, He will speak words against the Most High and oppress the holy ones of the Most High. He will intend uh, to change religious festivals and laws, and the holy ones will be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time. And so we see here that in Daniel's vision, um, uh, that this 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 horn or this um, this king is going to set himself up essentially as God, and he is going to oppress the righteous for a times, times, and half a time. Then it says in verse twenty six. But the court will convene and his dominion will be taken away and be completely destroyed forever. The kingdom, uh, dominion and greatness of the kingdom under all the heaven uh, will be given to the people. The holy ones of the most high, his, God, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will serve and obey him. Now, this is referring again to the Antichrist. Okay, what's going to happen in the future? He's going to uh, rise up, uh, place himself in the position of God, essentially. He's going to mock God, and for a time, he's going to appear to be winning. But then things are going to shift. <clears throat> so let's go on to chapter 8. And it says, The vision of a ram and a goat. Uh, verse 1, In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, a vision appeared to me, Daniel after, uh, after the one that had appeared to me earlier. So, so Daniel saying, okay, I had this vision. Now here's another vision. And it's a ram and, and a goat. He says in verse 3, I looked up and there was a ram standing beside the canal. He had two horns. It says no animal could stand against him and there was no rescue from his power. He did whatever he wanted and became great. In verse 5, as I was observing, a male goat appeared coming from the west across the surface of the entire earth without touching the ground. Okay, And so the ram is in reference uh, to the Metal Persian Empire. And then this goat uh, appearing from the, uh, from the west <clears throat> looks like it's just skimming over the earth, uh, signifying its speed. And that is talking about uh, Greek, Alexander, Alexander the Great. And then in uh, verse 7, it says, I saw him approaching the ram and infuriated him. He struck, I saw him approaching the ram and infuriated with him. He struck the ram, breaking his two horns, and the ram was not strong enough to stand against him. Then the male goat acted even more arrogantly, but when he became powerful, the large horn was broken. Four uh, conspicuous horns came up in its place, pointing towards the four winds of heaven. And so when the large horn was broken, that's referring to Alexander dying. You see, it says um, the male goat acted even more arrogantly, but when he became powerful, the large horn was broken. Alexander died, and in his place, there were four regions, four kingdoms uh, that grew out of the one empire. <clears throat> 
Next section says the little horn. In verse 9, it says, uh, from one of them, the little, so from one of the four, um, a little horn emerged and grew extensively towards the south and the east and toward the beautiful land. Verse 10, it grew as high as the heavenly army, made some of the army and some of the stars fall to the earth and trampled them. So again, I believe this has parallel meaning. This is not only talking about at that time, but I believe that this is referring in some ways to Satan. Okay, as he fell to the ground and, 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 and pulled other stars with him. And so uh, verse 11, it says, it acted arrogantly even against the prince of the heavenly army. It acted arrogantly even against God. Interpretation of the vision. Verse 15, while I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me someone who appeared to be a man. I heard a human voice calling from the middle of uh, Uli, Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. <laughs> so I believe this is God dispatching Gabriel uh, to Daniel and telling Gabriel, the, the angel, explain this vision to my man Daniel so that he will understand. Verse 19 says, I am, this is Gabriel talking, I am here to tell you what will happen at the conclusion of the time of wrath because it refers to the appointed time of the end. And so Gabriel essentially telling Daniel, I'm, I'm here to explain to you things to come in the end times. For this is what you've been seeing in your visions. In verse 23, uh, near the end of their kingdoms, the rebels, this is Gabriel talking to uh, Daniel, near the end of their kingdoms, when the rebels have reached the full measure of their sin, a ruthless king skilled in intrigue will come to the throne. His power will be great, but it will not be his own. He will cause outrageous destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. In verse 25, he will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence, and in his own mind he will exalt himself. He will destroy many in a time of peace. He will even stand against the prince of, of princes. In other words, he will even stand against God. Yet he will be broken, but not by human hands. Again, I think this is parallel meaning. This was referring to King, I forget what his name is. He was a Grecian king of, of one of the dominions. I forget what his name was. And so I think this is referring to him, but this is also referring to to end times as well, referring to the Antichrist. Then it says in uh, verse 26, the vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. Now you are to seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. And so Gabriel is telling Daniel, okay, I've let you know what the future holds. Now you're to seal it, you're to seal it up because this isn't, isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen in your lifetime. This is going to happen out in the future. <clears throat> Let's go on to chapter 9. It says Daniel's prayer. In the first year of his reign, he's talking about King Darius, I, Daniel, understood from the books according to the word of the Lord to the prophet um, Jeremiah. So he, had, he was aware of what Jeremiah had prophesied. And so he says, I understood from what Jeremiah had prophesied that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. 
And so he knew that Jeremiah prophesied that after uh, uh, the Judeans were taken into exile by Babylon, that uh, Judah and Jerusalem would be desolate for 70 years, and then it would start to get rebuilt, Jerusalem and the temple. <clears throat> so I turned, so I, being Daniel, turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petitions with fast, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And so then uh, Daniel goes into detail about the wickedness and all the things um, that the uh, that the Israelites had done against the Lord, he's he's making atonement. He is repenting for himself for his people. He is just doing a, a, a very thorough job of making sure the Lord knows how he understands how wretched and evil that they have been. It's, it's actually kind of beautiful in, in the way it's written. I'm not going to read the whole thing. This, this is just an example in verse 7. He says, Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but this day public shame belongs to us, the men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, and all Israel, uh, those who are near and those who are far, in all countries where you have banished them because of the disloyalty they have shown towards you. Lord, public shame belongs to us, our kings, our leaders, our ancestors, because we have sinned against you. Wow. Compassion and forgiveness belongs to you, Lord our God. And he just he just goes on. And he and he's just really making sure that the Lord knows that that he is repenting for the people and that they're sorry for um for how that they have behaved. And then he says in verse 17, Therefore, Lord God, hear the prayer and the petitions of your servant. Make your face shine on your desolate sanctuary for the Lord's sake. <laughs> you know, listen closely, my God, and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that bears your name. We are not pre presenting our petitions before you based on our righteous acts, but based on your abundant compassion. And so, again, he's just uh, going on and he's making a pleading to God to forgive us, you know, and so that uh, and maybe shorten these 70 years, you know, because we're aware of what we've done. And so it says uh, the next section says the 70 weeks of years, the 70 weeks of years. And I need to explain something here. And so a day as is a year, a week as is as is seven years. Okay, when they talk about a week, they're talking about a seven year period. And so in verse 21, it says, while I was praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the first vision, reached me in my extreme weariness uh, about the time of the evening offering. He gave me this explanation. He said, Daniel, I've come now to give you understanding. At the beginning of your petitions, at, at the beginning of your prayer, uh, an answer went out, and I have come to give it to you, for you are treasured by God. So in other words, when Daniel started his prayer, God dispatched Gabriel to Daniel to address his prayer. Before it was even finished, in verse 24, it says, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to bring the rebellion to an end, to put a stop to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So he says 70 weeks, okay? So a week is seven years. So 70 weeks is 490 years. So it's saying 490 years are decreed about your people to clean them up. You know, to bring an end to rebellion, to put a stop to sin, to, to atone for iniquity. <clears throat> Essentially saying 500 years. 
And then it says in verse 25, uh, know and understand this from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until an anointed one, the ruler, will be uh, seven will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. In other words, will be 69 weeks, which is, uh, I believe, um, 483 years. Okay. And so now let's, let's break this down from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. So King Artaxerxes of the Persian empire dispatched Nehemiah. We went over that a number of episodes ago, dispatched Nehemiah to rebuild the temple and to rebuild Jerusalem. So he sent him back with some of the exiles that were in uh, Babylon as Persia at that time, but were in Babylon, sent them back, you know, in order to rebuild things. Okay. And so that was somewhere in the 400 BC, 400 BCs, like, you know, 400, 430, 450, 460 something, I don't know, 470 something, somewhere in that vicinity. Right. And so as we're on the countdown clock, right. And so like 600 uh, BC is older than 500 BC. It's older than 400 BC. And so zero BC you know, or one BC is what is one year before Christ. And so we're out in the 400s. So we're 400 to 500 years before Christ. And so what it's saying here is that from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler will be uh, seven weeks and 62 weeks. See, in other words, 69 weeks. And I said before, 483 years. So we're almost at 500 years. Right. So what this is saying is what Gabriel is telling Daniel is saying that <clears throat> between when the decree gets issued to send Nehemiah back to rebuild Jerusalem in the temple. And when until the anointed one comes on the scene will be about 500 years. And that's how it works out. Right. So if this is around 400 and something B.C., when Nehemiah goes back to rebuild, we're about 500 years out from Christ appearing on the scene. And so this is what Gabriel is telling Daniel. I hope that's clear. And then it says in verse 26, after those uh, 62 weeks, the anointed one will be cut off. See? Now it says 62 weeks, right? And so let me back up. So it says from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild, rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So 69 weeks in total. So seven weeks is 49 years, right? So seven, uh, one week equals seven years. So seven weeks is 49 years. And so Nehemiah is going to go back. He's going to take 50 years or so to rebuild things. And then 62 weeks after that, you know, uh, is when we will see Christ. It says, after those 62 weeks, the anointed one will be cut off. So this is referring to Jesus' cruci uh, crucifixion. See, after, after uh, the temple is rebuilt, we, we go 62 weeks, which is 400 and some, I forget. You do the math. Uh, 62 times 7 uh, years, and Christ will appear. Christ lives for 30 years, 33 years, some, something like that, and then he's crucified. And so this is saying that um, uh, Christ is going to be cut off, crucified. Uh, it says the people uh, of the coming ruler after the crucifixion, um, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Uh, the, the end will come with a flood until the end. There will be war. Desolations are decreed. And so, again, this is referring to now way out in the future. So we see here that this is being prophesied about Jesus' coming, Jesus' crucifixion, what will happen after Jesus is crucified. And so this is like 400 or 500 years, 550 years out. 
This is when Daniel is prophesying this. And all of this stuff, except for the times of tribulation, has taken place. This is why, and things like this, give me security that the Bible is authentic. It says in verse 27, he will make a firm co uh, covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week, he will stop, uh, he will put a stop to sacrifice and offerings. Now, this is referring to the Antichrist. It says that he will make a firm covenant with many for one week, seven years, but in the middle, three and a half years, he will put a stop to sacrifice and offering. And the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. And so this is talking about it's going to appear that the Antichrist is winning. Then God is going to come in and put a stop to, to the apostasy that's going on and to put a stop to him. Because it says essentially he's going to appear in the temple. It says that... Um, uh, made from, but in the middle of the week, he would put a stop to sacrifice and offering and abomination of desolation will be on a wing, on a wing of the temple. In other words, he's going to be in the temple of the Lord, essentially declaring himself to be God. And it says until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desol on the desolator, he's the desolator and God's wrath is going to pour out on him. Whew. And with that, we're going to stop for today. We'll pick it up and uh, we'll finish Daniel tomorrow, uh, chapters 9, 10, excuse me, chapters um, 10, 11, and 12. And with that, everybody take care. And please, if you haven't made the decision for Jesus, do so today. Uh, there's no time like the present and there's no guaranteeing of tomorrow. Everybody take care. Have a blessed day. Stay safe. Bye-bye.